We're normally a lot more synchronised than this with our can opens. Sorry. But Andrea couldn't do it because she's got tiny lady nails. So she had to bite the tiny can open with her teeth. Tiny lady nails. Minging, bitten, horrible man nails. <laughs> man nails would have gotten into that can a lot quicker. I would have done. Manly. <laughs> oh, you bastard. Your what? sunburn's coming out. Is it? Yeah, on your neck. So's yours. Damn. Yeah, and I scratched my shoulder earlier and I wanted to die a little bit. Oh. Well, yay for pubs opening. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. We're not alcoholics. We had a pub lunch. A Very pub different. lunch. We Very say cracking open another can. Different. Yeah, but we haven't drank anything in between those two points. No. Well, I haven't. I've just had a double mojito. <laughs> a mojito. Um, are you ready for your... Bedtime story. Yes. This is a little bit like drunk history, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. I think. We need to get more drunk and just do it more and just waffle on, though. Yes. We couldn't do it last night because Ben was far too drunk. Actually. Yeah, but so a little bit merry. Could not do that. He was it's not my fault. Falling asleep and farting and making himself laugh and slurring his words. So it would have been funny, but he was well past the point of being able to <laughs> podcast. So this is why we're a day late. Hashtag blame Dean. Yes. Um, so this is a little history story today about someone called Violet Jessup. Um, the obvious thing that is the anniversary of this week that I didn't do because you know more about it than I do was obviously Hillsworth, wasn't it? Yeah. You already know that. It's like a seven or eight part. To... There's, there's... Yeah. I think there's definitely something we should go into, but the difference is, like... I don't need to tell you a story that you already know. That's not the point of this. No, but telling story... Just ignore it. That fucking dog. I know. I'm going to kick her out. She's upstairs. Leave her alone. Shush. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting story to tell. Uh-huh. Um, maybe I'll do, I'll do, maybe I'll do a Hillsborough do one, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, this is... It's a bit of a reverse one, because we do a lot of true crime, mm-hmm. whereas... The main crimes that were committed were kind of after the incident. Like the cover-up of it and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the cover-up yeah. and the, the the campaign against Scouse people and stuff well, like that. Well, I mean, and... this podcast isn't purely just murder and crime and stuff. This is more of just a, a tipsy history lesson tonight. Yeah, I'll, um, I will prepare. Okay. I'll, do it, I'll do it for next week. I'll prepare a Hillsborough one. Yeah? Because I think it'd be really good. I, I wish we'd talked about it, really, because... If you told me you even considered doing it, I would have. I would have done it. I would have prepared well, one. That's not tonight. Um, but so. yeah, we'll do that for next week, and we will, you know, I'll I'll prepare it properly, and I will regale you with will a story you? of treachery and. Right. Save for next week. We're on a time scale. Are you ready? No. <laughs> so the other. Um, Are you ready? Anniversary is of the sinking of the Titanic, which is obviously 109 years ago, I think now. Um. So Titanic ties in a little bit to this story, which is, I mean, everyone knows the story of Titanic. So that is why um, I'm choosing to do this. So Violet Jessup was born October the 2nd, 1887, near Bahia Blanca, Argentina. She was the oldest of nine children um, to a couple of Irish immigrants. Um, only six of their children survived, though, because I guess infant mortality was fairly high back then. And 
she took the responsibility of taking care of a lot of her younger siblings. Um, she overcome tuberculosis as a child, which if you got was deadly back then. Uh, her father died when she was 16 due to complications involving surgery. And then her family moved to England where she attended a convent school, which is like the one with all the nuns, isn't it? A mm. convent. So her mother decided to get a job out at sea as a stewardess. And when her mother fell ill, Violet left school and she applied to be a stewardess. So at 21, her first stewardess position was for the Royal Mail Line aboard the Orinoco ship in 1908. Um, and then she moved on to the White Star Line Company after that job, which is the company that made the Titanic. Um, she worked 17 hours a day and got £2.10 per month. Which I worked out online was £246 a month. Lovely. So it's not even that much, is it? No. But that's, but then, I guess, how I much money is inflated. Yeah, and also there's probably a whole thing about how much things actually cost back then uh -huh. as well. Like people probably didn't have eight, £900 a month bills and stuff back then. No, they didn't. Um, so in 1911, when she's working for the White Star Line company, she gets a job as a stewardess on the RMS Olympic. You ever heard of that ship? No. Okay, so it was um, the, made by the same company that made Titanic. It was the ship before Titanic. There was like three of them. They were like sister ships. And the Olympic was one of them. So it was captained by Edward Smith, who was also the captain of the Titanic. And it was the largest civilian liner at the time, this luxury ship. And the 20th of September 1911, the Olympic left Southampton. Um, the same day it left, the Olympic and a British warship, HMS Hawk, were both going parallel through the Solent, Solent, which is the gap between England and the Isle of Wight. So they were both going through there. And they collided. <laughs> and this tore two large holes in the Olympic above and below the waterline, which flooded part of the ship and twisted the propeller shaft. <laughs> the HMS Hawk was severely damaged um, on its bow and it nearly capsized. Though luckily the Olympic returned to Southampton and nobody was hurt. So um, not, not great. She, Violet obviously survived that because nobody was hurt. Um, she was persuaded by friends to take a job on the Titanic because they said it would be a wonderful experience. And at 24, she takes a job on the RMS Titanic, um, which was the largest ship in the world. It burnt 610 tonnes of coal a day. And we know that 10th of April 1912, it left Southampton for New York. So, the day that it left, the Titanic narrowly avoided an incident where it passed um, a ship called SS of New York. And it was something to do with Titanic's displacement because of how big it was that it caused the SS of New York to be lifted by a bulge of water and dropped, basically. So, it nearly fucked that ship. 
Um, and it was so bad that the New York's mooring cable snapped, which swung her around stern first towards the Titanic. So that nearly crashed into her. Um, so a nearby tugboat called the Vulcan came to the rescue and put the New York under tow to take it away to safety. So I guess it wasn't always that safe being on a ship back then, because that's just two incidents. Oh, it's still pretty even. dangerous now, isn't it? Like, it's such mm. a volatile thing. Yeah. No matter how good the boat is, and or may not be, or how unsinkable or, un, how sinkable or unsinkable it is, Yeah. it's still a very, very dangerous thing. Very. Um, I didn't know this, but the Titanic actually stopped in uh, northwest France first. That was its first stop. Picked up more passengers and cargo. Yeah, and yeah they then, missed that on the film, didn't they? Yeah, it then stopped off in what was, I, I can't remember what it's called now, but it was called Queenstown in Ireland, uh, midday the 11th of April. And have I got that date right? Yeah, very much doubt Queenstown's going to be called Queenstown's in Ireland anymore. No. Because they don't like the Queen, do they? No, that was, yeah, just what it was called then. So it then, after it had picked up more people in Ireland, it departed west across the Atlantic and it had a total of 892 crew members and 1,320 passengers, which was actually not the capacity that it could carry. It could carry up to nearly 2,500 people. Um, but... I guess they liked their room. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be luxurious, know. isn't it? As yeah. Well. Like, you don't want to be crammed I think it works it. out something like it was like 150,000 in today's money for one of their, like, the first classes um, parts on the ship they had. So, yeah, pretty rich. So the passengers on Titanic range from millionaires to emigrants from poorer countries such as Armenia, Ireland, Italy, Sweden, Syria and Russia... And they were going to seek a new life in America. Queenstown is Jesus, now known as Cork. Yeah. What was that? Was Cove. Thing? Yeah. Maybe that's why I didn't put it in because I couldn't pronounce it. K O H V. It's mm. pronounced apparently Cove. But go on. There we go. Um, so, and this again was captained by 62-year-old Edward Smith. He had four decades of experience on the water. But the vast majority of crew under him were not trained sailors. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah. Why would you want trained sailors? Well, it's unsinkable, right? A lot of them were engineers, firemen, or stokers, which I guess they needed a lot of if they were burning yeah. over 600 tons of coal a day. Um, there were six watch officers and only 39 able seamen, which made up 5% of the crew, which is a fucking small amount compared to how big the ship was. Ridiculously small. Um, ten days prior to the Titanic departing, a fire started in one of Titanic's coal bins. And they didn't stop this. They just continued the day they left. And this fire continued to burn for several days into its voyage. Oh. <laughs> they missed that on the film, too. <laughs> If only the whole ship had caught fire and it met oh. with the iceberg. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, so, 14th of April, 1912. <laughs> April would die anyway. What's the point yeah, of that? it's really not. 
even the people that lived would have died because it would have burnt the life lifeboats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's not a no. plus. I they love how you had... let me get away with just saying these things and you just move on. They should have had metal boats, but then they would have got hot and you couldn't have sat in them, would you? Heat-resistant boats. No. Well, you I could just mean. not set fire you to the just boat. just not and go the on a boat that's got a fire in it. Yeah, so 14th of April, Titanic's radio operators um, were given six warnings from other ships that warned them of drifting ice and icebergs. And they were like, look, it's fine. Don't well, worry about it. We're in Singapore. Yeah. Icebergs, no problem. Bounce straight off, mate. Exactly. Don't you, don't you worry about a trickle. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the captain actually said in some sort of interview before they went, like, there's, you know, there's nothing that can be done to this. Like, I can't see any situation where... This boat would, uh, you know, it was unsinkable, supposedly. I don't know why they all thought they were above, like, physics and stuff. Because, look, where they landed. Um, they didn't reduce the ship's speed. It was going at 25 miles an hour, uh, which was only two miles short of her max power. And they prioritised timekeeping over everything. Because they were like, look, we've said we're going to be here by this date. We're going to be there. It's fine, we've put the coal fire out, we're on track, we're going to be there on time. So everyone had gone to bed that night and this is where Violet um, says that she was comfortably drowsy, not quite asleep at collision. And so everyone's in bed. Because of a mix-up at Southampton, the lookouts had no binoculars. <laughs> You got one job. <laughs> you literally, not even like a, oh, sailor who also works as a lookout. You're just a lookout. You're just a lookout. What have you got to do? Oh, I've got to look out. <laughs> How are you going to look out? You can't see very far. Ah, I've got the but. Oh. And that's sneaky because <laughs> I'm what? sure. I'm sure they gave them binoculars in the film. But anyway. Supposedly, they're like, well, it doesn't matter that we don't have them anyway because binoculars aren't going to help us because we can't see the icebergs or anything because the sea is so calm. So they're saying that they wouldn't have been able to see the waves crashing off all of the ice because of how calm the sea was. And that means that binoculars wouldn't have helped. But they might have done. And even if they didn't, they were given six prior warnings. And also, you have one job. Which is to look Talk. out. Yeah. You need to have the things like imagine if you were a, a delivery driver uh-huh. and you just forgot to take your car out with you one day, yeah. just turned up at the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then maybe, like in this situation, you know, obviously it wouldn't help. Maybe pure uh devil's advocate moment. Uh-huh. Possibly. You could just turn up at the restaurant <laughs> and you'd get a delivery close to your house so you wouldn't need the car. But what if you did? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but what if you could use them? Just take the fucking, take the damn binoculars, man. Yeah. Fucking listen to Why them. Why was there a mix-up? Who else did they give the binoculars to? Yeah, like, what possible mix-up is there? <laughs> Oh, man, I've left them on the shore because I thought that was where they were best. Yeah, I don't un- Yeah, I don't understand that. I think the mix-up was they were walking past, like, lady changing in the window. Ah, oh, and they were, like, looking at the like, window. Oh, through the binoculars. Like, right. 
Look at the ankles on her. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty slack. <laughs> and then just, and they're like blowing and then the whistle she at them. Like, Come them. on, it's 12 o'clock. And then go. she spotted them. And they're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Run That's it. You know, like when people run away and they drop something in a comedy yes. fashion, it just flies up in the air. That's and... it. That's it. <laughs> That's what happened. And I, that's the story, and I'm sticking to it. I like it. And if you don't like the story, fuck well, you. Fuck <laughs> off and listen to another podcast. Fuck you. So. I'm even drunk when I'm talking to some bollocks. This is great. It is, it is fantastic. So, 11.39 was when the um, they made the call. Iceberg right ahead. They avoided a head-on collision, but it was the underwater ice that scraped alongside uh, along the starboard side. Um, for seven seconds and five minutes after this they stopped all the engines so they were just slowly drifting out but the flooding inside started immediately it was seven tons per second 15 times faster than it could be pumped out which i i didn't understand where that sentence meant did they have like a pumper router just in case we get a puncture we should be able to get rid of the water how does that work? Know. I don't know. I mean, do I know? Do you know what? I, I will know. maybe sit and read the entire Wikipedia page on that because there's there's so much detail about like the ship and stuff, and I'm like, look, it's not my point of the story. So, one interesting thing I found out though that the iceberg um, was reported to have a, re- a streak of red paint from the hull along the waterline on one side, which I didn't think it would be, but there you go. The lifeboat situation, they only had um, they had 20 lifeboats that could carry 65 people each, four collapsible lifeboats that could carry 47 people each, and two emergency cutters, which are like rowing boats, that could hold 40 people each. And at the time, this amount was more than was what legally was, was required, even though it could only carry a third of the people on the ship. Right. But the idea was that the lifeboats on the ship were intended to ferry survivors to a nearby ship or to shore. The idea wasn't to keep the whole of the ship's population afloat. It was literally just to pass them over to another ship so they would then be able to go back and forth and reuse the lifeboats. So I think this is where they changed a lot of the laws to do with lifeboat situations and that and and other things to do with ships after the titanic because you know what happens if you don't have a ship waiting there to help you um it's true yeah so violet uh was ordered out of bed she came up onto the deck and she says that she remembers that um calmly passengers were just strolling around and she stood with the other stewardesses and she was put into boat 16 and one of the um guards or men that worked on the ship put a baby in her lap so she was on this boat holding onto this baby and they were in the lifeboat for eight hours before the carpathia came to rescue them and she said that when she got onto the carpathia she was still clutching the baby and a woman leapt out of nowhere and grabbed the baby off her and she said she was just too frozen and numb to even think why didn't she stop and like thank her for saving the baby she thinks what must have happened is that the woman had put the baby down on the ship somewhere, gone off to get something, and then came back and they'd obviously moved the baby. But, I don't know, it's a different time. Maybe it was acceptable to just put your child down when you needed to run off and get something back then. I don't know. 
it's kind of, I mean, that's acceptable now, depending on what it? we need to get. Like, but, all right, put a baby on the floor? Yeah. I mean, it didn't specify the age of the baby. If it's like a baby that can't sit up. But even so, it what, if, what if the baby got trampled? What if the baby rolled off the edge and just... Well, that's it. Gone, baby. Survival of the fittest. Oh, fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> um, so is it right for not being able to swim? Yeah, you've seen them weird videos of where they just chuck babies in the water, just lob them in, and the babies just learn to swim. I don't believe it. I don't fucking believe no, that. I don't believe Bullshit. it. I would not do that with my kids. Um, I also wouldn't put them down on a ship. Oh, did you see about that um, man who was holding his granddaughter like over the edge of a um, on a ship on a balcony and he fucking dropped her as an accident? And I can't remember what happened. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. But like she fell onto the deck below. How lucky is that? Fucking hell. But what a fucking idiot. Yeah. Don't dangle your kids. Off of anything. Off of really. anything. Especially ships. Michael. <laughs> Michael? Jackson. Oh, yeah. Oh, the that, whole thing with Yeah, blanket. that was ridiculous. Also, don't call your kid Blanket. Yeah, there is. Yeah. That. I don't think he called the kid Blanket. I think it was like a code name. Oh, like, is it like protect his, his privacy? At school, yeah. Oh, that's cool then. Call your kid Blanket. That's fine. So, the Titanic. No. So, the Titanic sank two hours and 40 minutes after the collision, which is a really fucking quick time, really, when you think about it, isn't it? Because it's just. I mean, that's like a film. Um. But yeah, Violet survived that. So that is two ships she's now survived where they've had uh, crashes or stuff. So during World War One, she went back onto a ship. Why? I know. And she served as a stewardess on HMHS Britannic um, for the British Red Cross, uh, another White Star liner, which was converted into a hospital ship. Um, they'd obviously updated their laws a little bit. So this ship carried 48 lifeboats that could carry 75 people each, um, which meant that the lifeboats alone could carry a total of 3,600 people. The ship only had about 3,300 on there. So very good, over-precautious there. 8.12 a.m., the 21st of November, 1916. A loud explosion shakes the ship. I think she's doing all this. <laughs> I think she's painting herself out as a hero, but really, <clears throat> you can't get on this many boats to have this many incidents about. Co- I reckon she grew up like in a landlocked place. She always wanted to be on a boat, mm-hmm. and then she went to the beach with her family one day. She tried to get on a boat, and they're like, "No, we're not taking this." And boat she's out. like, "Fine, and fuck she's you." Like, Vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't have boats, nobody will. Nobody has boats. <laughs> <laughs> so there is an explosion on the starboard side, and you know how the whole um, conversation when they're talking about the Titanic in the film, where they're like, "Oh, you know, it goes from." Uh, this compartment can feel, can feel, and then this one feels, and it can take up to this amount filling. Any further, the ship floods, and that's it. She goes down. It's a bit, bit like that. This situation. So, four watertight compartments are rapidly filling with water, and the water Do you think is she'd flowing. Like when it's She's sinking. Probably like, oh, fucking this oh, again. Oh, here we go. Like, you know when just a fire alarm sake, goes off yeah. in the hotel and you just all, oh, everyone just sort of God casually sake. just kind of walks out, and you go, oh, oh take your pint with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we did that, that time. Remember? We did do that. Yeah. 
So the water is flowing into one of the boiler rooms. Um, if you want to look up this on Wikipedia, anyone, there's a whole thing about hot boiling rooms and cold water that, you know, splashes on things and that can cause explosions and all that, uh, which was a problem on some of these ships. But anyway, so the captain ordered the watertight doors to be closed, sent a distress signal and get the lifeboats ready because I guess they didn't want another Titanic. So unknown to the ship, the explosion caused the antenna wires between the ship's mast to snap, which meant they could send out transmissions by radio, but they couldn't receive any back. So they didn't know if help was coming or anything. The watertight door between boiler rooms six and five failed to close properly. Um, Titanic only had four at this point, so they built more in this to in case anything like that happened. However, the portholes along the lower deck, like them circle things that people like poke their heads out the windows, um, they were opened by the nurses to ventilate the wards against orders. They were told to keep them shut and they didn't. And when the ship tilted down, the portholes were underwater, which meant more water entered into the bulkhead between the boiler rooms five and four which meant more than six compartments were filling with water. So she was going down. Um, Honestly, I think she's up to something. She must be. <clears throat> so Violet's account... Um, nope, hang on, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. So this ship sank within 55 minutes. And there was things that made it a little bit different from the Titanic sinking. Um help arrived in less than two hours for this ship not three and a half like the titanic there was obviously more lifeboats which made it better in the situation and um the water was 20 degrees not minus two so that also helped because you weren't gonna then yeah freeze to death 1106 people survived and 30 died violet was one of those 30 that survived I don't know how. But... Wait, go back over the stats again. 1,106 that survived and 30 died. So she was part of the ones that didn't die? Yes, that's okay. exactly what I meant. I got that wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. No, she survived. Um, so she wasn't part of the 30. She, she wasn't part of the 30. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, the, 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 the boat sank in 55 minutes. It was the largest ship that was lost in World War One, And... She was nearly killed by the ship's propellers because they were sucking the lifeboats under the stern. So she ended up in the water at this one. Her account said, um, I leapt into the water but was sucked under the ship's keel, which struck my head. I escaped, but years later, when I went to my doctor because of a lot of headaches, he discovered I had once sustained a skull fracture. And she still fucking survived. Fucking hell. Um, it turns out the explosion was caused by a mine that was planted by the German Navy near the Greek island of Kia, which is where this happened. She still, after this, returned to work for the White Star Line Jesus. in 1920. And she did that until the 50s, where she retired to Suffolk. Um, she was often nicknamed Miss Unsinkable, and she died of heart failure in 1971 at a ripe old age of 83. And that is your tipsy history. Bless her. 
I know. Unless I'm right. If I am right and she's had something to do with all of this. That's mad, isn't it? That she survived all three of those things. Not that the first one was particularly too drastic, but still. It's just a bit of a coinky dink, though. It's just it? ridiculous that. And White Starline Man, please. I really hope that they don't make any ships today because. And employ better people, man. What's that about? Employ some proper sailors. White. Don't collide into stuff. Starline. I think it was only recently they found out it was um, a mine as well. Yeah, it was a British shipping oh, company. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, I quite like that though. It's a nice little bit of history. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Um, I don't. I wonder if she fell in love on the Titanic and then just didn't make a guy on the door with her. So that, you oh, know, that's true. She could be a apparently cunt. the um, you know when Mister Andrews is walking past that girl and he's like, "Oh, Lucy, put your life jacket on." No, um, that bit and he like pats her on the cheek sort of thing that's supposedly meant to be like a little hint to her but they should have called her Violet not Lucy um, because that's just you know ridiculous but yeah what's your happy thought? Um, mine and Aurora's daddy and daughter date that's cute yeah that was really nice and it was only brief because I had to go out but it was just a lovely little thing that she did. Mm. And it's just really nice that overall, uh, like, with all of the with all of the shit that came from my old job and from, like, how I was feeling mentally and to the, like, the point that my and, and the kids' relationships were at, really, because none of them really cared for me. And Harrison doesn't really care for me now, but... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care for anything if it's not attached to a screen. Yeah. But, um, you know, to come from that to where we are now, like, it's been a bit stressful. Obviously, you're wondering about the new job and everything like that, but I have a new job. Um, and to now be in this situation where, like, that bond is so much stronger, that's priceless. Yeah. You can't ever take, like, yeah. Just amazing. Can't put a price on that. No, you can't. No. I'm incredibly, incredibly lucky. Good. I'm trying to think of something. You just spent a, a really lovely day in the sunshine I have. shopping with your husband. Yeah. Yeah, we went around the shops today. I got a few books from the charity shop. Um, when I got my eyebrows done, that was nice. And then we went and had lunch. Yeah, today's been quite a nice day. It's been good, hasn't it? Right. Ready to say bye? No. Oh. I'm going to say bye. I'm going to go to bed and be good. It's got work in the morning. Work, work, I work. need to stop week drinking or Sunday drinking. But it's technically like coming up to summer, so. And I'm fun employee, so I can drink when I want. Yeah. Until next Monday. I know. We're going to have to make sure. Oh, hiccup. We're going to have to make sure that we uh, do our podcast in Saturday rather than Sunday because you're going to have to get a nice early night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right then. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.